Me want to walk like a champion. Talk like a champion. What if he said I get? Tell me where you get it from. Knock on your entrance. Rum, pum, 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 pum. Can't let me in. Maybe have a thing you wait to walk like a champion. Talk like a champion. I love it. There you go. I love it. <laughs> Phil, you just like kicked right into that, man. There was no pause, no nothing, man. No, I, I had it written down. Uh, <laughs> that might be the first reggae I've heard. I think it is. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think it is. I want to change it up a little bit. Ah, it's nice, nice man. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for inviting us to your what do we call them, the office, the shop, the office shop, epicenter, room, designs. Yeah, this is uh, this is home base. Everything, Carlito, yeah. how's it going, bro? Good, you? I'm good. You cold? You look like you're, you're cold. You're way too close to me, bro. Oh, jeez, how's that? Is that better? I got <laughs> no, a, no. I, I got command center here. I'm not I gotta afraid. Pay, gotta pay attention to you, man. <laughs> way too close. You're close to men all day long, man. Yeah. Uh, so what do we got here? We got Phil and games, but Phil, yes. Philip. Yep, what? Phil and Phil. <laughs> and Phil one and two, big Phil, little Phil, many nicknames. Whichever. And we've got yeah. a spectator. We've got a spectator. This is Camelia. She's our stager and my assistant. She's going to be quiet. Are you? Yeah. Will you chime in at some point? If you chime in, just swing the mic over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at? We're at Heavy Duty Homes. Yes. Heavy Duty Homes. Where did the name come from? It's been a catchphrase pretty much my whole life. Anything that, uh, you know, kids always had whatever they would use to call something cool that's dope, that's mint. I would say that's heavy duty. It's true. Yeah. Ma, it's these true. meatballs are heavy duty. You know? so <laughs> I said it so much that we have to name the company after it. Oh, that's fantastic. The other day we were at a job site and someone mentioned your company name. Yeah. And they were saying that their father saw the company name and he said, heavy duty. It's got to be excellent. And yeah. I was like, heavy duty. And then when I got to know that you guys were coming on, I was freaking out. So I called Buddy up and I said... I'm, I'm with heavy duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fanboy. We got a fanboy here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We try. Let me get the deets out. So www.heavydutyhomes.com. Email is heavy at heavydutyhomes.com. On Instagram, everybody follow them. It's Heavy Duty Homes Inc. Phil Russo here on this side. Yeah. And then Philip Games on this side. Yes. But Games is your last name? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's your middle name? We don't have a middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Loves. What? What are you looking at me for? <laughs> so Games is the project manager. You're the owner. Yes. All right. So guys, gentlemen, what do we... I want to hear your story. I want to... Because I know in the last... I've been paying attention to social media and also through the industry that you're working with a lot of people that I know. A lot of people actually have been on the show. And you guys exploded over the pandemic years, which, you know, which is amazing. It's great. And I love seeing that. Yeah. I really would love to know where it all began, and then I'd love to know how did you guys make things explode over these interesting years? Okay, so basically, I've had a construction background my whole life. Uh, started off in car audio first, then I went to home theaters, then I went to home theater design and building, then I went into excavations, and then I decided to open up a smart home company in 2016. We called it PDR Installations. Quickly switched it over back to construction, so it became... Uh, renovations, smart homes. I was working for a, a guy doing a home theater and he's like, why don't you just build me the theater room? I'm like, okay. So I built the room. He goes, you mind doing a bathroom for me? I did the bathroom. He goes, you know what? Why don't you just do the whole basement? I said, okay, I'll take a shot at it. I've never done anything on this scale in terms of building, but I'll try, you know, I did it and it, it came out good. I realized there was a lot more potential for growth in construction than there was. So I started taking more interest, doing a few courses, stuff like that. And working with different guys, hiring different guys to work with me that could teach me because I always had a, I always had an eye for quality and business and dealing with people, but I didn't know too much of a construction background, technically how to build things. So hiring the right guys to teach me kind of brought me to the next level. 
And from there, I hired uh, a, a good friend of mine who had, you know, pretty decent construction background as well. The two of us started building everything together. You know, you start your little renovations, tile jobs, a floor, a staircase, one thing at a time. Leads to much larger jobs. Um, then we got into decks, still basic stuff, one-off jobs. And then uh, about a year before the pandemic came, I said, we got to step this up a bit. I said, the jobs are too small. I'm tired of doing a kitchen or a bathroom. I want full scope. So we really started directing our marketing towards full scope, even though we had never really done it, just to kind of show that that's what we can do. Once we got the first full scope three-story job, we marketed the hell out of it, put it all over Instagram, social media, just got a ton of um, inquiries from that job alone onto more full scope projects. And then COVID came after we signed all of them. One month in, they announced a lockdown, four clients pulled out, we lost about 800,000 in uh, the contracts that we had signed up are ready to start and about 80,000 in deposits I had to hand back and it was a very scary time because we were just starting our growth and we had to take this hit that we didn't know was happening. I remember I was sitting in the back of the shop for the first month when the whole world was closed down. So this would have been March 2020? March, April-ish, yeah. Yeah. And uh, after about a month of this news, everybody was saying lockdown, lockdown, nothing's opening, nothing was happening. I said, fuck this. I called one of the clients that had signed up. I said, I'm going to go to the house and I'm going to break the, uh, the valve of your toilet upstairs and film it. I said, so now we have an essential construction job. You have a flood. There's going to be mold. <laughs> so I took a little phone video of the water running through the house. Yeah. And the next day, our crew was there doing demolition. We started that project. And two or three other clients saw that we were working when everybody else had pulled out of their jobs and stuff. They gave us the work. We took on so much work at once. I hired so many guys who were unemployed and not working that I just kind of saw a different angle. I said, you know what? Maybe I can step away from the tools and figure out a little bit more on how to manage things. Snowball effect. So that whole first year of 2020 brought us about eight to 10 projects that year where we would normally have one to two and do it ourselves. Come 2021, we sold 57 and did 57 homes. Holy cow. Applying the same uh, management aspect, uh, just pretty much learning. I hired uh, Phil Games here at the start of the year. I built a studio upstairs, hired a full-time designer, and decided to change the direction of how we do things, which was subbing everything to doing all of the essential trades in-house. Well, now, everybody's essential, but I would say things that we had a hard time scheduling. So take your uh, tile and hardwood, for example. Those guys, uh, you know, they're behind on a job. They can't show up. You, you always have these issues. On multiple jobs, we can't do that. There's too many schedules, too many clients that are asking when they can come back into their houses and stuff. So the scheduling became an issue. We decided to open up a hardwood division, open up a tile division, a paint and quality control division, drywall division, buy vehicles and trucks and outfitted for each division. Now, these are all guys that have worked for me to, since 2016 that know how I want things done that are now in-house employees, part of the crew, running heavy-duty homes vehicles with their respective division on the truck. Not only uh, is it a bit of a savings because you're not paying subs, uh, it's, it's not even about the money because it's almost a wash. It's just about scheduling and management because now with the proper project manager scheduling everything and everybody in-house, we're pretty much just puppeteering the whole production. We have 50 homes, we have 10 crews, plus our subs to handle the overflow for wherever our crews are behind. Uh, that's been the whole kind of learning curve for, for 2021 is how to puppet master this whole thing. 
I got loads of questions, man. <laughs> yeah, like I got yeah. loads of questions. Yeah. You, you basically have just described the opposite of what the majority is doing. Yeah, which I'm fascinated by. Yeah, because more and more guys I meet that are trying to expand their business are going the sub route. Yeah, because they just don't want to deal with the headache. And I guess my first question is, how did you find the staff to fill all these positions at the very beginning? Because everybody was kissing Serb. You know what I mean? These government checks coming in. I, I made a lot of guys offers that worked as subs from before to be a full-time uh, exclusive uh, employee here. Hour, the, hourly rates with vehicles, stuff like that. Guys the, that worked for large companies. And the initiative to get to the divisions to build. like That's right. This is what's coming down the pipe. You're going to be lead tile division. You're going to be lead hardwood. You pick your guys and hire them. That's really so interesting. Now, my hardwood guy, who's been with me since 2016, he was a master for Quality Sterling Group and Western Flooring. They closed uh, down. They sold owners a little bit. Whatever happened behind the Who, scenes Weston? there. Weston? Weston, yeah. They changed owners. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. they went close. They closed down. Not closed, okay. but okay. Uh, yeah. He was telling me, they, I think they were bought by Quality Sterling or something. I could be wrong. Okay. Not 100%. We had the master uh, installer and uh, repair tech come here and now he's leading my hardwood division hiring his own hardwood laborers and we're just flying through homes we can smash a home a week so as long as we're scheduling our hardwood correctly these guys are in here every day reading their specs taking their flooring specs deliveries are happening and we're coordinating what we're what we're lacking right now i would say is um maybe what material coordination material coordination yeah. Yeah. i was just gonna say how did you handle all that because that's been going on since the what beginning of the pandemic right what Stock? A like you're ordering what eight months in advance so imagine now you have 30 homes going on at once and the designer is going nuts with all these clients with selections at all of our suppliers you need somebody to figure out which material is on back order you have three dozen plumbing accessories flooring everything for each house one thing's on back order who's going there to verify it these are the problems we started having in the beginning of the year. The plumber would go there to finish. I'm missing a faucet. I'm missing a pot filler. And this, they're getting frustrated. We're getting frustrated. The supplier says they shipped it. Who verified it? Nobody checked the order. Nightmares like that. So to correct what happened last year, this year's goal is material coordinator, have one guy in-house, just one more piece to add to the puzzle. But it's still long delays. Delays, not so much, because we do so much volume with our suppliers. They cater to us. And if there's something they can't do, Luckily, our clients have been like pretty flexible in terms of changing to something else. Can I ask who you guys using for that particular? For, for like plumbing? Plumbing supplier, yeah. Uh, we were with uh, your quest for a while. Our, okay. our rep left. Uh, we moved to Emco. Okay. Emco, our, our rep just left us two months ago. So now we're, we're exploring new options again. He just upped and moved somewhere else. And when we have a relationship with one person at a company, it's valuable. It's very valuable because yeah. they know how we work. They yeah. like we had our rep. He was going to our job sites if he forgot to send something on a Saturday morning. The plumbers would be working trying to just get things done, and uh, we'd call the rep. Hey, uh, uh, your tub filler never showed up here, or the we're missing we're missing the handle for it. He'd fly from his place in Mississauga back to the warehouse, go to my job site in Toronto, and bring it to the guys. Because of the volume. You know, you know, it's funny is I've had that problem since this pandemic's been going on about reps not fulfilling their duties, mm -hmm. what their criteria is involved. And I can only assume it's because they don't want to look like fools wearing a, a jacket and shorts on the bottom because they're so used to Zoom calling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which is crap. Like, like you guys need to still get out there. We're all out there. Construction yeah. industry out there. We're still building. Everybody's building. So why aren't you guys out there still doing exactly. what you guys were doing before the pandemic? Exactly. Now we got him flying around, picking up shit, bringing it to job sites. He's got to be in here. We can't have this. 
Yeah, we, the one other change that we did make was that uh, now when a con customer signs a contract, we start a thing called our pregame. So the moment you sign the contract, you're in touch with the designer, and we start picking all of your selections for your house, and we order it before we even demo Months the house. before, yeah. Months before. So I have everything ordered, put to the side, and we have it staged with delivery dates for the project. Literally the moment you sign the contract, within that week, you're getting a call from the designer. Taking a... Uh a 30% deposit on the project up front upon sign up just to order the house to stay on schedule. If we tell you you're your to pocket, get ahead in the queue, right? Because yeah. you want to make sure that you get the material right. before everybody else. By the, by the time we demo, if, if your job, I tell you, we're going to do that rental in four months and it's going to take us four months. We're starting in two months. You owe me your 30% deposit today. We're going to go ahead, pick everything, order just about everything we need from your selections that you've done with the designer by the time we demo in that two months, everything is on site, rough end finish. Wow. Yeah. The house is staged, the garage is staged, and we tell clients this is how we're staying on track. Yeah. Yeah, the garage has to be cleared. That's our staging zone. Tiles, everything but the hardwood, and the hardwood is still paid for, but our suppliers holding it on their racks. So in the beginning, you, you said that as soon as pandemic hit, you had contracts, you had deposits, you gave deposits back. Yeah. Did you willingly give them back, or did the clients they ask? They asked. They asked, right? They weren't. So, I tried convincing to go ahead with the job. They weren't comfortable with it's it. It's just really funny because I've spoken to so many trades yeah. and so many businesses, and they say 2022 is amazing. Everything's looking great. And I still, I, I might be the only one that's tripping this on the show or in, in uh, on sites, but the thing is, I definitely think something, a big bang is coming at the end of this year yeah. leading into 2023. I don't care what anybody says. Something's going to happen because we have the most foolish government out there mm -hmm. doing what they shouldn't be doing, mm -hmm. which is going to affect us. We were safe and secure yeah. during the housing crisis that the U.S. got hit really hard when we didn't because we had you know, a, a non-friendly PM, but a business-minded PM yeah. that knew what we were about to hit, and he avoided that. Now we have a drama teacher that doesn't know anything about anything, and he's basically just getting to this finish line that's really going to hurt this business. And I get these guys telling me, but I've got deposits, i got got deposits. And I'm like, there's always a way to get that deposit beat taken away from you yeah mm -hmm. and if you want to start that fight between you and the client about how i get it in the contract that says you can't take it we have to still hold it and move you want to start that fight go ahead and start that fight it's yeah. going to be a fight then then where's that job going to go you want to keep it friendly you want to keep it friendly so it's really good that you basically took the initiative to to kind of have that conversation with yeah. the clients and let them understand it but then they totally i guess within a month or two probably understood we need to move forward with this we once they saw us working yeah the first time that we got the calls right away Everybody watches us on social media, right? So yeah. once they see us flying again, full crew, one house, are you guys working? Is everything okay? We're still on lockdown. There's still a essential work only. We haven't followed this. You fooled me for 30 days. That's all you're ever getting out of me. Not two years. 30 days is all I ever put my tools down for. I worked too long and hard for this. Five years, no sleep to get here, and you're going to almost shut us down. How many guys had to close their businesses because they were scared, didn't know what was coming? Or just adapt, right? Like their business has completely changed, right? Yeah. And I guess individual trades were enjoying it because they were still essential. They were going in, doing their scope. Yeah. But the problem is they weren't dealing with GCs or like a business like yourself where you guys were planning it months in advance to get everything ready. Garage free and clear for our stuff that needs to be there. And it's frustrating. I know for plumbers, for HVAC, for trim guys yeah. where 
that valve didn't come in, this didn't come in, and that trade's there ready to do the work. And yeah. if he stays an extra 15, 20 minutes to install it, great. He's yeah. done the scope. He gets paid. He moves on. But if that item is not there, yeah. he has to make a other trip to just come back, which eats up half a day, yeah. third of the day. Yeah. And it's not cost effective for the individual trades exactly. at that time, right? And uh, I don't know how your builds went this past year, but uh, 2021, I know everything sounds like we did it right. There's one thing we couldn't avoid. And it seemed to have been every single window and door contractor. Yeah. Cardinal glass. Messed us up. I want to shoot them. Like this is, <laughs> I don't, I had a conversation on a few shows back. We're discussing it. And at, at some point in Canada, yeah, we did have the warehouse and the capability self-sustained for glass production here in this country. But then it was given out and it went someplace else that was cheaper. And, really? I, and I get it. But here's the problem with the drama school teacher, right? So everyone knows that I like him a lot. Yeah. But the thing is that <laughs> the problem is he's raising the minimum wage, raising inflation, raising all these things. Yep. And he's and then he's forcing businesses to leave the country because when they look at their balance sheet, it makes no sense to produce here in Canada. <laughs> it makes every sense to go down south or into Asia or someplace else, yeah. right? He's ruining us, yeah. Yeah, so we, we're, we're such a strong nation at 40 million, almost 40 million people, second largest country on this planet, right? And, and yet we're not self-sustained. That's right. And that's just poor management. And if it was a, a, a privately owned business, we'd be out of business. Right. That's just e Everything outsourced. So now you guys, and I get it, we're not you, me, everybody. You Like, I'm still waiting on three units right now. I had to put a pause on the job right. because of that. I did the the trim right up to the point where I was thinking, okay, that window might actually be right up into that point there or that door or whatever, and I'm waiting for it to show up. And I already know the hairs on the back of my neck. I'm like, it's going to go in, and it's probably going to be off by a half inch, and then I'm going to have to rip out that base, and then I'm going to have to do a new piece because yeah. I'm not going to put a slip. And so that's what it is because you're waiting on cardinal glass. Constant revisions. <sighs> And we're, we have houses that had, you know, you're doing extensive rentals. These windows aren't in and out. You're closing windows, making larger ones, bay windows, window revisions everywhere to the brick and to the structure. So you can't even move your clients back in with plywood as it's getting no. colder or hot. No. You can't ply, you can't do anything. So we have people sitting, waiting for their homes for one to two months with nobody in there and clients just yelling at us every day. Mm -hmm. Where's the window guy? We, we're calling the suppliers behind our backs. The clients are calling, they're calling our window contractors. Everybody's so frustrated and it's such a frustrating aspect to how this whole past year has been because it literally slowed everything down. We had so much pregame and so much organization and that just messed us right up at the end. So you could have advanced even further. Even further. But the crappy thing <laughs> is, and I guess this is credit to the U.S., Cardinal is feeding them first before they're feeding us. Yeah. And then that's the other gripe that I have where, I mean, we can talk about construction bones to pick is that more than 60% of our lumber is going down to the U.S. To the before US. it comes to us. Then another 20 some odd percent is going to Asia before it comes to us. And then we're left with the remaining amount. Yeah. Which is just unheard of because yeah. we have the land and the resources and the mills that are creating this lumber, which is not premium to begin with, but we're creating it and it's going down south. And I get that the U.S. is 10 times the size of us. But at some point, a government, a government needs to back us first. Right. You know what I mean? They need to protect us first. Otherwise, we're going to fold up. Right. And then what happens at that point? I don't care who you are at what time of the generation or the history or anything like that. Small business drives innovation. Small yeah. business drives future. 
It does. I don't care who you are. So yeah. you're eliminating that small business person. Right. And that's really going to be effective down, down the line. It's going to be, it's going to hurt. Yeah. These, these big companies will set a margin of the price will be what the price is. And then all of us can't afford anything. So what's going to happen at that point? Wouldn't it be nice if we all rallied and we just all of a sudden go, oh, we want a bailout. Wouldn't that be so sweet? All of us just give us a bailout because you give it to the corporate. Yeah. Why don't you give it to us? Yep. Oh, wait, we're expendable. That's right. <sighs> Man. Yeah. Someone's angry today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching him writing everything down. Angry starts at 20, 25 bucks an hour for therapy later on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kill the therapist, man. 2022 was a game changer, and they started it with a lockdown. But the new relationships that through all this, you must have had new contractors now and yeah. new, a new product. So, like, how are those new companies changing you? To be honest, this this is uh, going to be the year ahead to to figure that one out. We've made a lot of new relationships last year, and they kind of dug into something that we had already developed. So now we're going to kind of see how that works out for jobs to come. So you didn't have the problem that most contractors had about just finding staff. You were just fortunate enough that you already were building relationships in the beginning. The, some of the overflow was hard to find. Okay. And we had to... Where were you looking? Was it word of mouth? Was it I heard of so-and-so? Well, typically word of mouth only. Really? Yeah. So you weren't going down the route of Indeed, Kijiji, no, 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 no. Craigslist, no. Tinder, like all that stuff, man. Like it's nothing. very hard to... And one of the jobs we had to we had to sub to somebody that we hadn't used before was a 20-foot high slab wall, wrapped, mitered. You can't just give that to a nobody. No. So there's a lot of credible guys, but every credible guy's busy. So all we did was hold off. We had to tell the clients, listen, option A or option B, we delay your job a month, you wait for the right guys. Or option B, we try somebody we don't know. Have they been reasonable? I know you mentioned earlier that they were yelling. I just, I've had one client in my lifetime actually yell at me. The majority of people that yell at me are neighbors. Yeah. I love neighbors. Everybody yeah, yells right. at you. No. <laughs> um, and, and so, I mean, like, were they reasonable? Reasonable, yeah. When I say yelling, it's just a figure of speech. I mean, like. I'm just assuming because most of the time they're renting. Yeah. So clients are looking at, okay, we're pumping all this money into this renovation. We're doing a full gut extension. We're doing walls out. We're doing yeah. back. We're doing all kinds of stuff. And then we're renting some place for like. Wasting money every time yeah, we have a delay. Every time we sit in this place for another month, another month. And then we've got to give the landlord a six month notice to get yeah. out of there. And then it might not be ready for us. And then there's that dreaded point of move in before it's ready, which we all hate. Right. We don't want that. So I actually have a little uh, agreement I do with clients as a clause that will say I'll, I'll take about a one-month tolerance if it's on our end. If it's on your end and you can't get your millwork into production or decide on something, then it is what it is. But if it's on our end, then I pay up to about two months of your Airbnb or rent or wherever you're staying. Wow. Yeah. Good I'll, for you I'll guys. That's very classy. We, we do what we can. So is the word getting out that basically if you get attached to heavy-duty homes that this is the mindset. You're not looking for jokers. You're right. not looking for people who want to do a bad job yeah. because you're not going to just deal with it anymore. Right. And we we can't be uh you know, we can't be a, a jack of each trade either. Like we can as contractors, we can know everything, but we can't do it as well or as fast as our guys can. So we got to lean on them for a, a lot of, you know, the work. We we expect them to tell us when they see something that's wrong or something that's not right on the house as opposed to just walking past it. So we need guys who take initiative and responsibility and respect us enough to call us and say, listen, you know what? This wasn't prepared. I'm not going to continue until this is right. We've had guys just slap tile over shit that they see as, you know, in the past. And yeah. I got to tear it all down after. Most of our guys now are repeat guys. We've used them multiple times. We have that relationship with them. And like yeah. he says, they catch things and they'll call us. Like our taper will call us about plumbing yeah. stuff. 
our framer will call us about window stuff. Our electrician is calling our kitchen company to, to you know, your cabinets here. Uh, this is what you spec. This is where our plugs have to, you know, they're talking to each other. Everybody's working very respectably. And it goes to your your wing there, respect the next trade. Yeah. That's what we're kind of developing. I actually base a lot of my, my business off of yours uh, because I was a big fan when I first started Hardcore Rentals, the page, the pride, everything. And everything oh, I've I just done on, here. A, on a footnote on that, I was actually called a wannabe tradesman today. Wannabe tradesman? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By a f- <laughs> it's been a relatively clean show, and it's just like, okay, fine, call me a wannabe tradesman. That's good. All yeah, right. Yeah. Like, you know. That's the advantage of repeat, guys. <laughs> like if you don't think about the next guy, you're going to see him on well, the it's, next job it's site. It's gold. It's, it's, like, it's really valuable when you see someone that kind of clicks with you. It's no different than when we're in high school and we didn't pick our friends. Our friends picked us. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, you kind of connected on the same level. Right. Didn't matter who it was, if you were tall or short or wide or thin or dark or light or whatever. It's just something about that person. You're like, you're going to be my friend. You know what I mean? And you yeah. click. And it's the same thing with construction. When you meet someone that kind of understands what you're trying to do. Yeah. I love that you have this, you got to have this 5, 10, 15 year plan where you're going in going, guys, this is what we're doing today. But tomorrow, that's a whole other story. But yeah. this is already what I'm thinking about. And that's what I respect about you guys with the heavy duty. It's like you're thinking down the line. And even if we do by chance, if I'm not even fortunate, if I'm lucky to see a recession happen because I've been saying that it might happen, you guys are going to have a plan for that. You can't be thinking it's all double rainbow perfect and everything's going to work out wonderful. You've got to anticipate that. Because you haven't experienced a recession in construction. No, nope. I, 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 I haven't experienced it either. I saw it from the outside, but you have. You were a part of that in the last recession, 2009 kind of thing. That's when I made the most money, mm-hmm. which is the weirdest part. A lot of people were you know, going out of business, and there was a lot more opportunity for me because I was hungry and I wasn't afraid. And that's the same thing that's happening to you guys, right? You guys weren't afraid, jumped out there, took everything, and but didn't that's care the about same, what was happening. T- that's the same time when a lot of... Honda Civic guys, I call them, you know, the guys that lost their jobs in the offices. And I like, I can swing a hammer. Yeah. And then we had to fight that stigma Mm -hmm. where everybody thought that that's who we are Mm -hmm. and we're not. And I know that you're conscious of trying to be a part of that top 10%. And I've always said that there's 90% of okay, good enough guys out there that are doing work. And then there's the 10% cream. Yeah. And you really got to, and it's not that you can't be a part of that 10 there's plenty of clients in that 10 range. You just have to sell yourself a way that nobody else is selling. That's right. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly what we figured out. And we're still trying now just to kind of, you know, redevelop and re- re-angle the company to get keep on track with that same client that lines up with what we're after. Because, you know, you, you get the clients, too, that aren't in that 10%, and they want to work with you. And it's well, their f- eyes are. Their eyes are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How, How do you, you deal with that? You have to either politely tell them that it's not going to work because yeah. half this job is a relationship. You have to have a good relationship with your clients. Uh, every client that we've had has wanted our whole crew over. Like we have some of them making barbecues for us. And yep. two, three months after the job, hey, this Friday I'm free. Can you bring your crew over for That's a barbecue? That's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. We need that. And uh, the referrals is how we built this business. Without that, it's nothing. So the clients have to line up with exactly who we are. And when they don't, we clash a little bit. Sometimes I know uh, you want to fight your your odd feeling a little bit and take a client that you're kind of feeling you probably shouldn't. Immediately that goes into into the negative side when you start the job. It only feeds into... I was going to ask you, Phil, like, 
we've all had bad clients. Yeah. There's different degrees of bad clients. Yeah. Right. How do you handle a bad, bad client? What's the first indication that you know that that client's going down a spiral that you don't want to go down? I'm very good with keeping patient. I mean, I'll never let that relationship go south. I'll take a beating like I'm in a ring with Mike Tyson just to come out with a good name. Younger old Mike. Young Mike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even old Mike will friggin' bankrupt this company. But you ha you can't I find like you can't go south with it. You have to keep things positive no matter, you know, how uh, frustrating it can be. You need to keep that relationship going and bite every bullet and I've lost on jobs just to keep a relationship in the word of mouth. It's happened. It's brought me to where we are. Things that we thought were a big loss then led to much larger things uh, because of the word of mouth it's brought. And, you know, sometimes it's half and half. You don't see the same. It's it's our error, but it is what it is. Things happen. I don't think clients understand when we talk about saying we've lost on jobs. I don't think they understand that statement. Right. They don't get it. Like all of us are all trying to run a business where we're trying to achieve a 20 ideally 25, maybe even if we're lucky, a 30% profit margin, right? Mm -hmm. And the moment that we say that we lost on jobs, it either means that we lost an entire line item where there was no money, no compensation whatsoever for something that was done, mm -hmm. or even worse, more than that. So now there's no profit coming in. So you feed all your subs, you feed all your employees, you keep the business running, but the person at the top of the pyramid didn't get anything at all. Right. Mm -hmm. But then expressed and did all this physical and mental work to keep that job going to keep yeah. the client happy to keep the, the team going yep. that they don't understand how much that hurts like it really really hurts to the point where you probably walk in look at your logo and you probably think should i fold up shop yeah should i end this like this is ridiculous there's like i've had so many conversations with the young guys and they're like going there's only so much you can do and then they get frustrated. And I think there's a balancing act where they're looking at online social media mm -hmm. and they're paying attention to two girls making $14 million on TikTok and they're comparing exactly, it to yeah. that kind of crap. But you got to understand there's almost 8 billion of us on this planet. And just because one African guy and two girls are making like that much money on TikTok, it doesn't mean that the other millions of people, half a billion yeah. people that are doing TikTok are making that coin either. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Plus also, whatever happened to following your passion, man? Yeah. What do you like? Do you, unless you want to be a soul sucking cubicle person, then by all means go ahead and do that. Yeah. But if you have a passion for this industry, whatever trade it is, or whatever, if it's the GC or the supplier or sales or whatever, whatever happened to following that, man? Exactly. Yeah. Life's only a little bit about money. You got to make sure everything else is in line. It's true. So, so, how you guys deal with your extras? No matter how organized we are and how much we educate them at the beginning Good and the question. project, you know, once it starts, there's changes. What do you guys do? How do you guys handle that? So we've been doing everything ourselves this past year, but uh, I think just this week we're hiring a, a we're hiring a coordinator to to actually stay on top of that alone. Just the extras. Extras. That's her job. Extras yeah. and uh, a few other uh, minor line items, but we have so many changes. It was actually Phil Games's idea. Yeah, because we have a lot of changes and a lot of hands on deck because we're a lot of in-house guys you might see our quality control you might see phil you might see me so everyone's talking to the customer and they're like they're talking about their specific scope and it's like okay i want to change this okay but we need one person in the office who all of those changes are being filtered to so we're going to be bringing in someone who is going to filter all of those changes and they're going to be making a contract that shows hey this was your original contract this is what you've changed this is now your revised contract 
please sign this. Otherwise, nothing is happening in regards to this change. That same person is going to track all of our vendor deposits, all of our vendor payments, all of our sub payments. So we can kind of get a picture at the end of the job where we have one person to talk to in regards to what did the job cost us and what did we order and did we get paid for everything. Also with that, we're working in a technology. So we have a, a software. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called Co-Construct. Uh, yeah, I know a couple other guys are using it. They like it a lot. It's we fantastic. love it. Yeah, they like fantastic. Frontier Boys out in Guelph area there. They use it and they, they like it. Co-Construct? Yeah, they like it a lot. So basically, that's helped us with this growth as well. Uh, it's got a great estimating platform, all that stuff, templating, invoicing. But in terms of change orders, I have all the supervisors. We're setting up iPads and everything now. So when we make the change, when the one person in the office is going to make the change this year, whoever's on site, whatever respective supervisors on site can actually have the client initial and sign the iPad. It goes into our system here, and then they get an email. Uh, similar to a DocuSign that they had signed it and where and the location. So That's beautiful. Everything gets registered and documented because last year was a disaster, all those houses. And uh, you know how it goes. A client will text you, I don't really want no. this, how much to change the color. How many calls and this and that you got to make to make one change? God forbid one person forgets to do something. You you only figure it out when the house is done. It compounds. Yeah. yeah. Later on, one. you're like going, why was this missed? And you're like, shit. And now I'm going to have to either eat it or somehow plead it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the hard part. So I got uh, How many employees are now attached to heavy duty? We're, uh, we're 15 in-house. 15? Yeah. And you went from like a one-man shop, basically, yeah. doing small rentals. Yeah. Where did you find the cojones to the, just like jump into 56 homes? Like, how do you, like, it's not like, talk about butterflies. Yeah, like, well, basically, you're, you're jumping into a pool head first. You don't know the depth. So what happened was I was working with one guy. He, um, he was my right-hand man. He helped me do everything, and uh, we were just tired. Like We wanted to grow. We couldn't figure out how to grow. This is the great revolving circle of contractors. How do you get off the tools and keep your quality? You can't. You need to be there 24-7. So it got to a point where we were just trying to get ahead, and I was working um, on site. I was, I was like I had more of a tile background, so I would tile a little bit throughout the day, most of the time on the road selling jobs, trying to deal with clients and changes for one to two jobs. When the, the shift was done and clients would stop bothering me around 9, 10 p.m., I'd go back to the job site and continue the tile work until about 2, 3, 8 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> go home, sleep for a couple hours. We did this for about five years. <laughs> Sounds like Carlito. Buddy, it was, it was insane. Framing, revisions, changes, mistakes, anything we had to do ourselves. I got fed up of this. COVID and that lockdown was the game changer and the eye opener to how I'm going to re-angle everything that either put people out or up what happened that month. Really, that's so what true. that's the difference between the sharks and the sheep in business yeah. is how you're going to deal with innovation yeah. and you know stuff like that. I was saying this is an opportunity for everybody to reevaluate their business and find out where the holes are. I said the same thing. Try to figure out what I can improve, yeah. what's missing here. You and just my, had a break. Yeah. My yeah. mindset was going back to the 50s, going yeah. back to going to the gas station, and you had one person cleaning the window, one person checking the oil, one person filling the tank, one person checking the air. And I started thinking, customer service has got to be paramount now. You yeah. have to go back and figure out how you can be the forefront of customer service. Right. Because we weren't doing that in construction. Everybody was like meddling along, doing their job, doing another job, doing another job. But I think a lot of guys in the business were forgetting about customer service. And yeah. I think you took advantage of that. Right. Started realizing there was a hole there. Mm -hmm. And that's what the word of mouth kind of built. And that's what my job is now. I do customer service. So you I don't do. touch tools at all? I'm off. At all? This is my first year and it feels weird. I have a keyboard now. My hands are 
not rough anymore. It's different. You're not tired anymore. <laughs> I'm tired up here mentally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted, but... Uh, well, how do you guys deal with warranties? Warranties? That's, is, that's, it a, is it a relationship that keeps the warranty, or do you actually have a set warranty? We, we do have a set warranty. Do we follow it? No. We, we always go beyond. Uh, so Because you're going to come back. Anything workmanship related. Yeah. I don't care if it's five years or 20 years. If it's workmanship... And it's not something you did. We're going to come back and fix it. That's just how we are. If it's something product related, we go by the product standards. And if they're a good client, they've given us referrals and the product fails and it's out of warranty, I'll probably replace it if it's nothing ridiculous or go 50-50 with the client if they're yeah. a good client. But it is what it is. You get an electric fireplace or something, you know, fuck off on you in two years. And they've given you two referrals, I'll throw them a heat and glow or a dimplex or whatever it was. <laughs> There's been a lot of failures in products in the last three years. A lot. Everything's from China now, right? So you can't. Yeah. <sighs> Including the pandemic. Uh, so we're talking to Phil and Games, Heavy Duty Homes, www.heavydutyhomes.com. Email is heavy at heavydutyhomes.com. On Instagram, everybody follow Heavy Duty Homes, Inc. Who handles the social for you guys? We have another company that my brother runs. It's called Heavy Duty Media. Okay. He's got a very long background in advertising and videography and all that stuff. So Good. social media management. Uh, so he does that whole portion. So I'm not really on Instagram. That's why our videos look nice and have our, our photos <laughs> nicely done and all that. <laughs> it's all that whole secondary company that he kind of runs. Yeah, nice. It's, it's actual yeah. cameras. It's not us running around with cell phones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, these phones are... Yeah, nowadays, they are... Yeah. yeah, back in the day, they weren't, right? Yeah. Oh, I think it's time for history with Manny. <laughs> He's like feeding peanuts to monkey, yeah? <laughs> Give me some peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gentlemen, I got a question for you. What and when was the first saw ever? The very first saw, and I will say, this goes really far back, and then what was the first circular saw that was patented? It, it goes back to a while. The first saw must have been the ancient Egyptians because they had tools well beyond 5,000 B.C. Yeah. There was uh, Germanic tribes invented the first saw. They uh, nicked small little teeth into half-moon-shaped flints, and then that's what they used to cut things. Wow. Like legs? <laughs> <laughs> that's all they had to cut back then, yeah. Uh, so who and when invented the first circular saw? Legally or not? I mean, legally or not. Funny you bring that Trademarked up. Trademarked or not. So, so Samuel Miller. Samuel Miller was an Englishman. 1777 is when he issued the patent. 1777. Wow. Electrical circular saw. Yeah. So there's, there's an image of it. Wow. But there's rumors that he stole it. From DeWalt. No. <laughs> from, from the Dutch. From the Dutch. From the Dutch? Because the, the Dutch had it 100 years earlier. Wow. They actually designed something similar, but there's a rumor that he stole it. But in the U.S., he's got the patent for it. There was a woman involved, too. She actually came up with a version, too. And then a Shaker woman named uh, Tabitha Babbitt. So the rumor is that she came up with it before him. But wow, this is like 100 and some odd years, right? So yeah. I guess that back then, she would have just got stepped on, I guess. Sure. And then they would have just took it over. <laughs> Taking the idea. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. It's just come on. It was a different world back way back then. But yeah. that was. Uh, I thought of, it was for sure it was going to be the Italians slicing the salami. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a version of it. Yeah. yeah. I have sliced bread on my miter saw. 
before. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I found my dog walking around <laughs> licking the sawdust. <laughs> yeah, because it was like we cut a gingerbread house in the table saw. Did you? Yeah. We did That's a we did, did a Christmas special with a we were building a heavy duty gingerbread house. Nice. So we baked baking sheet sizes of gingerbread, ran it through the skill saw. <laughs> yeah. We had our framer like less than a month ago was cutting a prosciutto on site with his skill saw and giving yeah. it to all the guys. You doing it too? Yeah, Carlito. <laughs> <laughs> was he really? Yeah. yeah. How is he? That's got to be thick slices, then, man. Oh yeah. You're wasting an inch of the of the meat. It's basically yeah, yeah it's, it's bacon at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like I, just hey, like thick bacon's nice in the barbecue. The <laughs> yeah. one, one slice goes in the dust collector, and one for the guys. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> no, so it seems like it's a perfect business, but we all know behind the scenes there's problems. Yeah. So how are you guys dealing with the guys not doing what you want them to do? That's a that's a daily struggle. You know, and everybody you build a relationship with your guys, when they don't do something, it's hard to, to discipline or figure out what you're going to do. And it's something we're actually just dumbfounded with. Uh, you can't keep guys home because you need them to work. They keep missing things. You can't find a guy who's better or good. You don't want to retrain. So that might be a question I have for you guys. Uh, <laughs> what do you do? Because we haven't figured it out yet. I, my first thought is find somebody else, but it's hard to find somebody else. Very hard. Generally speaking, most of the guys that I've worked with quite a bit and I respect them, they may screw up. Yeah. We have a conversation about it. What I like is that they make an effort to resolve it. Right. right. So they don't abandon it. They don't dismiss it and walk away and just go, you know what? It's your problem now. And I see them come back and like to your point, communications paramount. Like that's what I respect from tradespeople. So you get into the business, you find someone that you really like a lot, you're working really well. Like Carlito has said before, you know, the first job's perfect, right. over the moon. They did all kinds of great stuff. Yep. Second job is good. They forgot a few things. Third job, they start missing things. Right, missing oh, work. Yeah, fourth, then you're like, they're not even showing up. And then you start wondering, well, I'll go look for somebody else. But then you have a conversation with them, they'll go back to the first job. Do you guys have one, one specific trade that does it more than the other? Because I, I could think of probably one. Electricians is what I was going to say. Always missing? For, for us, it's trim. Trim. Trim carpentry. Yeah. What, what about the trim that you're having problems with? Typically, guys will leave a site, send us the invoice, it's all done, and uh, we get there, supervisor gets their bits under the staircase, behind the closet walls, closets have been missed, shelving, rods, organized, little things everywhere. And we've gone through maybe six, seven trim carpenters and really good guys, guys we built relationships, good companies, and they still do work for us. But it's just always things getting missed. Rounds, arches, everything. Are you like scratching your head going, I don't understand. Like this is clearly visible that right. you could see that this was supposed to get done, but you didn't do it. And before the supervisor gets there, the trim guy says, I'll be done today. So what does Phil Games do? He goes and schedules our painter prep. Of course, because that's you need to be moving. Right. And this is the problem when we were growing from a small company to a larger company or a, you know, slightly differently directed company. We're not there to stand on these guys the way we were when there was one to two houses and I'd be on site all day. Now this is my job site, the office and, uh, you know, future work because now we need to keep 15 guys busy 24-7. Those little things are getting missed. The painters get to the site. Where the hell's the trim here? We're getting photos from these guys. That's missing. This is missing. So we're getting guys back immediately yelling at them. Why'd you leave this out? Oh, sorry, I didn't see it. Sorry, I didn't see it. How fast are you working or how little do you care to walk the site and make sure that you got everything? In all fairness, they might be listening to the show. 
Well, it's, <laughs> no, but they okay. need to hear it. And it's they're just okay. lost in the conversation, right? No, no. So you, I don't you know. can either be proactive or, or take this. No, it's true. It's <laughs> take true. offense to this and, and see you later. I've always said that every trade should actually do their own walk around, yeah. like their final walk around to make sure that they, or even get a laborer or get a junior or somebody that's on their team. Yeah. To, listen, just go through everything. Make sure that we covered yeah. everything. You right? shouldn't have to wait for daddy to come check on your work. No, that's exactly. You're and then you pro. start feeling like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, now you start feeling like a parent. And I'm not a parent, yeah. man. Like, I don't want to be a parent. You, you know your job better than I do. Yeah. So what the hell? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's the guys not second guessing themselves too, right? And being yeah. leaders, like you said. For me, it was different. I did commercial for the, my first 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. A little bit of residential, but it was all part of like insurance and, yeah. you know, dealing with corporations. They had houses, so I'd go into their co-ops and so on. It was easy to run 30 guys doing commercial because right. it was forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have to be so critical. Getting into residential, I found that I was my own worst enemy. So the last 20 years, 15, 20 years have been awful for me because I'm just too picky. Right. Doesn't matter what kind of relationship I have with people or expectations they know of me and, you know, they know how to handle me and deal with me. I don't keep guys for very long. I do all the work myself. And Manny's always like, you gotta, you're going to have to get off the tools, man. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to have to get off the tools. I just can't let go. And a lot like yourselves, like I have a really great feeling about you guys. I've looked around in your shop and I see a lot of art. I see a lot of passion, lots of love. You don't see that everywhere. Thank you. And uh, I'm a lot like you guys so or like your company. I really love my work. I'm too picky with the individuals I work with. They don't have the pride. They say they do, but yeah. they don't have it. They don't. And nobody's going to treat the business like it's theirs because it's just not. And I feel like the the hardest thing I've had to do was let go. Let go of control, let go of the tool, and let somebody else do it. And the best way to, to train or teach somebody how to do it the way you want to is by making them do it four times. If, if the drywall wasn't skimmed right, if the trim wasn't installed right, if the stairs weren't stained right, if the posts aren't in, you're doing that job two, three, four, five fucking times, however many times it takes. It's the only way you're going to Because we got 56 more homes for you or none. Yeah. So figure it out now. And we only have so much time for you to finish that house before the next guy has to get in there. Yeah. What's the age range for you guys? I mean, you guys are maybe a couple of years younger than us. I'm, I'm 33. Yeah. <laughs> Two decades younger than yeah. us. He always wants to be younger. <laughs> yeah. That's his problem. I'm missing youth, man. Yeah, young at heart is what matters. man. And how young are you? 31. Oh, man, you guys are babies, man. Yeah. That's a joke. So the team, what's the age range there? What's the youngest? What's the oldest? I would say probably my uh, most experienced supervisor, John Carlo, is 56 54 okay i could be wrong but yeah around there he's he's had a lifetime in uh in tile setting uh and he's like a, he's just a good general contract he's been in builds uh, different large companies seeing houses start to finish for a very long time so he wanted to retire and hang up the tool belt we gave him a note as a supervisor so he's kind of overseeing everything now and uh him because he's been doing my tile for the last five years he's now the lead of my tile division as well as just a good general supervisor. I also had um, a painter who's 37, 38, around there. He was a painter uh, for many years. He was our painter as of 2016. And when things didn't work so well with him and his partner, we offered him a position as supervisor slash quality control. Okay. So, you know, a good painter who kind of knows the way you expect things because they've seen all of your houses at the ending point. He's the best quality control guy that we could think of to put in at the end. 
So after we do the whole job, our clients usually move in and they put their tape everywhere, wherever they want to do touch-ups or anything like that. Uh, our guy, Dom, will go in there and, and spend a week and, and do his little corrections and everything, call the necessary trades back. So we do one week of quality control after people move back in. And he'll find even more stuff than more the owners stuff. did and yeah. still correct it because in his eyes, no, that's not acceptable. Yeah. Even if the owner accepts it for him, no. So we're going to fix that as well. Good for you guys. Yeah. Well, I think who's you guys... Hang on, who's the youngest? Youngest guys are probably just a couple of our general laborers. Uh, and they're what, 20? 19 and 20. 19 and 20? Yeah. Good kids, man, yeah. Yeah? Really good. Not always on the phone? No, no. no. They're, they're funny. They're personable, which is a big thing to me. They will show up whenever we require... What we're trying to get them to learn right now is how to question things that they weren't asked to do. So they've seen enough job sites now. I, I don't know what example to pull out. Um, imagine I get like a, you, you give them a scope, right? Mm -hmm. Go to this house. We have a, we need to pull off some door jams, remove nails. The demo guys missed a few things. They'll do what's on that list as opposed to if they see one or two things that I missed on the list that you would know. No, yeah. that's got to go. That's yeah. got to go. We got to get that ready. That's the hardest thing to train for the younger guys because you can't really teach that kind of experience. And we're not there enough to do it. So who to put them with and where to put them is kind of the hardest thing we're trying to learn right now. The corner bead would probably be a good example of yeah, that. Yeah, corner, corner beads, for example. You wanna, you're want you doing a renovation. You're stripping 90% of the house's drywall. And uh, there's a perfectly good wall that's intact that you don't need to take down. They leave the corner bead on one side of it, on one corner. How's the boardsman going to fish up, take the beat off, prep the corner, you know, stuff like that. Just jams it in there. Stupid little things. <laughs> jams it, yeah. rips the paper face off yeah. of it, just keeps on jamming it. Jam it. That's it. Leave <laughs> tile chunks in the corners. What do the tile setters do? Go up to the chunk. Put some Durban 90 on it. That's yeah. it. Walk away. <laughs> Done. So Beautiful. Go, going back to that question you just asked us, Yeah. I find that tailgate meetings or safety talks in the beginning of the day... I took a note of that yesterday. ...really help a lot. So... It puts people on the spot. It also makes them feel like they're in charge. Yes. And it gives them no excuses not to know what's going on for the rest of the day. Yeah. If there was a problem yesterday and someone forgot some baseboard in the closet yeah. and someone didn't do a second coat and they were just doing a back roll in a bedroom, yeah. those guys are on the spot because right. each one of those guys has rooms or you know, a whole house, whatever it may be. But when you're talking about it in front of the crew, you feel like you have to do more. Yeah. Uh, but even more important, I think that what you guys are doing is really fantastic. I always can never find someone working for me because they never treated my business like their own. Right. So they won't. What, what you guys are doing, uh, hiring guys that were already tradesmen. Yeah. These guys already know how hard it is to run a business, what it takes to run a business, and you can't change these guys. Right. These are. It's the same animal now. They're it doesn't matter if they're employees or if they're. Business owners, once you've taken them from their business, they will always be business owners and they'll appreciate your time, your money, and your customers. Yeah. I, I think you guys already have the math. You, you've already figured out to yeah. create employees. I'm now. afraid of employees. I, I just don't trust anybody being employees anymore. I, I think subcontracting, but maybe because I've been so busy, tired, and unorganized because I've tried to grow too fast. I may have lost my footing right? and maybe I should go back to my old school notes and start with employees, with guys that were tradesmen that weren't good with customers or weren't good with pricing. Right. And those are the guys that failed at that end of the business, but it didn't mean that they failed as tradesmen. Really good at work, but not so yeah. good at business. And I think yeah. that's why you guys are doing so well is because that you put 
together a program that these right. guys, you know, they can be by themselves, they can make decisions, right. and they understand the value. What's the basic personality trait between an employee and a subtrade? What makes a subtrade and what makes an employee? Like, what's different about the two people? I wouldn't say a whole lot. You know, obviously, both have to be personable. Everybody here gets along. Everybody's got to respect the next guy. Everybody's got to be on time. Uh, very, very, you know, same same qualities, I would say. Nothing too different. No, I don't know. I'm just asking the question, right? I yeah. just, I'm trying to figure out. I've always liked the sub route because it's easier for my bookkeeping. I never would want to. Right. I'm not going to tackle 56. I just wouldn't want to deal with that. That's just not where my plans are. Yeah. I'm being very particular these days. I'm trying to figure out exactly what I want to do regarding the industry instead of just keep on. I'm still on the tools. I still try things. I still like it. I still have a passion for it. Yep. But I mean, I, a lot of respect to you guys for pulling off that employee route because right. not a lot of people are doing it it's that hard. way. Yeah. It's harder, right? Yeah. But it goes back to that parenting side of things, right? It's parenting again. Yeah. See, it's harder for him, but it's easier for me because the guys are mine in-house. So when we're running 10 jobs at the same time, yeah. I can rotate them as I please. It's yeah. not like I call them and go, no, sorry, I'm stuck at this job. I can say, no, no, this is more important. Hold off on there. I'm going to put so-and-so in there so there's still progress being made. I need you to go here. Because they're in-house, we have that control. How do the guys deal with having someone else finish their work or finish someone else's work? Not necessarily somebody else will finish it. Say, for example, I got to pull tile division out. It's like, okay, I need you to lay all the floors so that I can send hardwood in. But before you do the showers, I need you to go to this house and do these floors. Right. And then you're going to go back and do the showers just so that we can keep a project moving. Right. Because right. we'll have clients. So how come nothing's getting done? There's a yeah. week with nothing's getting done. You know what? We'll put the floors in all the tile floors here. The hardwood guys can work there. Let's start doing the tile at this house. Those clients will be happy. They won't even question why nobody's here. That's another misconception. They think nothing's going down. Exactly. But what do you think's going on in the office right here? What do you think's going on with the phone calls, the emails, yeah. the supply? There's a lot going on in between. The worst is the rough-in phase. Mm. So it feels like nothing gets done for, for one to two months because there's no drywall up. <laughs> You're doing so much framing and corrections and revisions and plumbing and, uh, you know, HVAC, everything. You got to do everything. We have implemented something this year, which is a site safety agreement that we never had before because we're learning every day is a school day. This year, we did site safety agreement and lockbox agreements, lawyer documentation, uh, initialing and signatures that we are changing all the locks upon takeover of that house. It's going to be a lockbox with heavy-duty homes. Is You're key. taking full responsibility of that property? We're taking over the property okay. because we have clients going there daily, multiple times a day, walking on a job site, looking at our subtrades. They don't know what the hell... Uh, subfloor is, is stable and what's not. There's no railings. We can't have that. And then they're going in at 10 p.m. Hey, Phil, uh, we just noticed there's some paint on oh. the light switches. Don't you love that? Oh, those are God. temporary switches <laughs> at 10 p.m. Those you know? are the clients that get a text from me at 4 o'clock in the morning when I wake up. Right. And I do the same thing. Yeah. Like, wait till I get up and I'll, I'll respond. Yeah. Yeah. I'll answer you on my time. But now like, this agreement... <sighs> The yeah, site safety agreement, if you need something from the house or you want to do I like a that. That's smart. request it, and we'll schedule it, but you're not walking through the house without heavy-duty personnel. Because legally speaking it. with yeah. the Ministry of Labor, they're allowed to walk through their property with pumps, with Crocs, right. with whatever they want. If yeah. they really want to, we're not going to penalize. I mean, it's your house at the end of the day. How can I? But no, this is my agreement. This is our safety agreement, and uh, you're going to follow it. So we just try to instill the authority right from the bat. Right from the get-go, we have hours of communication. Here's the emergency line, if there so happens to be an emergency. 
We have insurance that we put on every property, so we, we took take a, a general liability a, a policy on, on each the home. Builders That's risk not cheap everything. at all. Build, yeah. Builder's risk for each home. Yeah. Well, I, I want clients to understand something because yeah. we have a lot of clients listening to this show. Yeah. They don't interact with us. Right. Maybe the trades people interact. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they should speak to customer service. Here. Well, hey, li- listen, homeowners aren't going to he- like hearing what I have to say. As a yeah, you're con- probably going to be worse than me, man. As a contractor, the perfect project is your own build. Yeah. So not having someone involved, if you're doing a home for yourself, you can make the changes right away. You don't have to confirm anything. Like you guys said, yeah. you know when something's not done or something's not safe. With a homeowner, they need to trust right. and respect the people that they've hired. Right. And the minute that they stop doing that is the minute the relationship starts to suffer. Yep. Yeah. I was just going to say that there's, for every homeowner, there's three stages to this whole process, right? You were in your home. We kicked you out because you hired us to kick you out. <laughs> it became a job site. Now, this is our world, mm-hmm. and we need to make it safe because every tradesperson's got to go there and go home. Yeah. Right? Not a trip to the hospital. Exactly. And then we give you the new home, mm-hmm. and then it's all yours at that point. Yeah. At that middle stage, it's not your house. Respect that middle site. stage. Yeah. Yep. It's not your home anymore. It's a job site. Yeah. How many clients have you guys had that are doing a main and top floor and want to live in the basement? Oh, <laughs> it's the dumbest conversation to have. It's almost like trying to reason with a monkey trying to explain to them what's potentially going to happen if you do this yep. and they just don't get it they just their replies don't a- connect with your statements of what's potentially going to happen right it's not going to work right. right and then you'll blame your divorce on us you know what i mean exactly. and then i'm like i don't want nothing to do with your marriage to begin with so then why are you blaming the divorce on us they're inspecting your work nightly some days you can't walk up the stairs because there's tile on top of it yeah <laughs> you know you're living and you got to explain to them at this point i it's not like you're not your house. You're living on my job site. Yes. So do you really want to live on a job site? No. Will I allow you to? No. Even I wouldn't want to live on a job site. No. It's you hell. Know. And you're doing massive revisions upstairs. How many days will you be without water, power, or air? Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, I think homeowners are my biggest problem why I'm not successful. Because every time they come in, I try to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing things for free again. Right. And I'm wasting time talking to them for two or three hours when I could be finishing... 10 doors or painting yeah. something to keep everyone happy they don't realize how much they slow down the project yeah they want it done yep. at a certain time but they slow everything down right and they don't realize that we are losing so much money right. like when you look at the big picture you know you guys are talking about 50 houses you know you're all, all this great there's not a lot of money there right no. so when people think it's all fantastic it's not. I think you're making a million dollars a lot of house. headaches. Wouldn't it be nice, and I haven't watched the show because I could only go as far as 10 minutes into the show, but wouldn't it be nice if we can create a job site that's like the squid game where you have that ball with all the money <laughs> in it, and every time you guys, the clients, keep on messing with the budget or changing things or causing delays or whatever, that ball of money keeps on getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Right. That's it. It's you're one running of the hardest out. things to explain. Is it is. Every Very time difficult. That you make a phone call, you don't realize how much happens in the background after that call yes. is made. And another thing that I struggle with because it's part of my job is the scheduling is the trickle effect. Hmm. If one trade doesn't finish on time, it pushes the next trade. It doesn't mean it pushes him one day. And you have to shift all those components. Mm -hmm. Let's say my rough-in, my framer is delayed by two days. Now I delay my plumber by two days. But in two days from now, he has another job. So now it's not a two-day delay for him. It's a four-day delay. But then I can't put drywall. I can't do insulation. They don't understand that compound delay. 
Yeah. They don't get it. Effect. Like if it's a half a day that it was delayed because they couldn't get installed it. And I'm like, it's not a half a day. Right. That half a just, just turned into a two day, three day, four day, because I've got trades that are scheduled to come in after that half a day. But now we've changed things last minute. Now I got to book that person two, three days down the line. And now that's pushing my entire schedule. That's right. Yeah. And it's a trickle effect. Yeah, just it is. One after another. At that point, I think it's green. OBC, <laughs> baby. No, we have to, you want to do OBC? We do OBC, man. Let's do OBC. <laughs> OBC, gentlemen. We'll go really quick here because this is flying. We're already at an hour there, Carlito. We got well, a lot to talk about still, man. I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> I Bill, usually let you do your diarrhea talk at the beginning. <laughs> let me ask you, gentlemen, which countries or continents have no building codes whatsoever? I'll give you a clue. There's four. Which countries or continents continents have no building code? You can build whatever you want. That's a tough one. Brazil? Wow. You like this one, eh, Carlito? Somebody does something on the research team. India? That's one. No building code in India. Africa? <laughs> That's two. I'm only thinking third world countries. That's Because I travel to third world countries and I find that... <laughs> They don't have any codes. Well, did, did, what, <laughs> I'm like, the, what are they living? <laughs> that They're like, that's a mansion. Okay, so what, what are the other two? One of them right now is messing with the entire world. Yeah, I'll leave the other two. The entire world? <laughs> yeah. China. No building code in China? Nothing. Wow. You know, I could... And the last one? South America. Portugal. Not Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> because I see their we work. There's probably some of the strictest building codes. Just send your hate mail speaking, to Manny. Speaking of which, gentlemen, which country has the hardest building code, the strictest building oh, codes? Oh, Croatia for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't Croatia. I'll tell you that right now. Who has the... Hardest Canada, obviously. <laughs> no, everybody complains about Canada having the hardest um, ESA by building code. That's the inspectors. Yeah, Japan. Japan. Wow, I and it's because that. of all the earthquakes. Yeah, okay. they just got so frustrated with it that they were building buildings, and then earthquake would happen, go down. So they make things very, very strict. Wow, that's good to know. So now, here's another question: Can you build your own house in Sweden? And I bring this up for a reason. Do you need a building permit in Sweden? Uh, I all I know is they got really good steak. I, Sweden. I, I'm gonna say no just because it's a question. <laughs> you do. So you you can't build your own house. You have to get a building permit. They're pretty strict. Even if you want to build a cabin, you have to get a building permit. So they have these cabins with even a shed. You mean outside? Yeah, outskirts. Like they're called jurt. And and Will's gonna kill me for this. Jurt or teepee or cabin. Uh, so that all needs permitted, and you have to go by the. So books. essentially, we're talking a shed in the middle of nowhere. Basically, that per- needs permitted. A, that needs a permit. So I just want to give a shout out to to Will. So it's it's his name is actually Will, but it's uh, spelled V I L L E. He's a fan from Sweden. He's listening, and his handle is at Vcom K U M. Not a word there, Carlito. Okay, his last name can't I can't I can't pronounce it. I mean, he and he laughs when I try to. It's it's K U M P U M A K I. So come come I don't know compound Mackie or something. Yeah. But he says, listen, just call me Norman. So Will Norman, <laughs> right? Like so, so so Will, thank you so much for because he was reaching out to me because he was telling me, and this is a good segment to tell everybody, Spotify just recently started adding you can you can rate podcasts. 
Wow, so really? you can give them up to five starts. So he's like, I just did it. And he says, you'd be doing yourself a good service by asking everybody who listens to the show on Spotify to give us a rating. So I'm just asking everybody, if you do listen to the show and you like it, please give us a rating, give right. us a review. If you can't stand my guts or whatever, then fucking say that. I don't give a shit. But thank you very much, Will, for bringing that up. Is this can, show available on Spotify? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's on, it's on 12 channels. So we can, don't need to use the podcast app. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, nice. Amazon, Podcast, CastBox, SoundCloud. It's everywhere. Nice, nice. It's absolutely everywhere, right? So I just want to say thank you to all the listeners because the audience has grown dramatically, and I love it. I just want to know if he's seven foot tall. Sweet. I don't know. I don't know. We've been joking about I want to go there. I'd love to go visit him. He'd show me job sites there. He does talk about how they build a lot better, and I don't disagree with him. They do build better there. I don't know. They do. I'm telling you that they do. So I just want to share that. And then also the other thing that I told you about how our show is number seven on this podcast yeah, list from www.constructable.trimble.com. It was number seven on the podcast to listen to him for 2022. Wow. Very good. Very good. Congratulations. We're proud of that. Amazing. We're proud of that, bro. Be very proud. And that was history. Or not history. That sorry. wasn't. It was. <laughs> I that can was edit OBC. that out. Okay? <laughs> that was OBC talk. <laughs> Let's get back on the conversation here. All right. So I want to do a shout out to Tony, TC Installations, because he's. Tony TC, our, yeah. our, our best addition to 2021. Wow. That was wow. a game changer for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Tony has been a fantastic person to work with. Um, People, place, and things, gentlemen with gentlemen. Honestly, Excellent. man, he's he's fantastic. And if I had to give a shout out to anybody this year, it's him. Um, he's, just how many kitchens did he install for you guys in 2021? I think he did a dozen or so. I'd say probably about no, maybe about eight, 18, 17, 18 kitchens this year. Yeah, that guy is the cleanest <laughs> yeah. guy I know. I know. So like clean. everything about him, his truck, his car, his clothes. Yeah. Oh, man. Everything's clean. I hate his Snickers. Even the way he speaks to people. He's got is no clean. dirt on his Snickers. There's nothing at all. His Snickers are all clean. He's, got a, he's the cleanest guy we've ever met. But what a what a gentleman. What a good guy to yes, deal with. Just the pride, sure. the pride he takes in yes. his tools, his stuff, his van. I, I was in the back of his van. I'm like, good for you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his espresso machine set up in the van. Yeah, the espresso, <laughs> everything. So we had we actually had a little funny uh when we first started working with him. We're used to stacking trades on top of trades. You know, most contractors, you're nearing a deadline. The, the millwork's coming in at the end. We're, we're stacking guys. So Tony was not cool with this. He wants he wants the house to himself. You know, he's a, a man of perfection, so he doesn't want anybody tripping over his shit. We didn't know this. We got a call from our kitchen company. He says, hey, the installer, you know, you got too many guys in the house. He's going to come back another day. I go, no, 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 no. We're on a tight schedule. He's got, he's got to work. No, he doesn't work like that. Okay, it is what it is. So the next next job, we, we promised you'll have a, a house to yourself. What happened on the next job? The trim carpenters missed shit. And the painters were there, and they needed to get it done. Happened to happen on the day that Tony was, was starting. Uh-oh. So I called Tony. I go, Tony, please, I'm begging you. I just got to put a couple trim carpenters upstairs. The painters are going to start prepping the holes. You can have that whole wing of the house to yourself. He goes, cool. One of the painters moved his Festool uh, roller. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think he was gone at one o'clock. <laughs> packed up. I'm like, you know what? From now on, Tony gets the house to himself. Give him the house, <laughs> yeah, and he's worth it. He's worth yeah. it. It's the OCD. Yeah, he's, I love it. Well, he's you know, got everything set up, so but then he's when figured he goes, out how to make money. Yes. He's figured out how he yes. makes money, and yeah. that's get out of my he, way. He demands that respect, and he's earned place. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Something that I want to scare you guys about a little bit. Pensions and benefits. What are you guys doing for your guys? I'm always curious to see uh, how how you 
you know, good companies take care of people. To be honest, um, we're working. We haven't worked anything into benefits yet. That's something we're going to start talking about this year. Uh, pension, everything gets paid out as per typical Canadian pension plan through the, our accountants. I'll put it on the guys. But uh, benefits is something that we need to start looking into because we've grown uh, really big, really fast, and uh, it's something that we overlooked in the in the beginning before hiring everybody. And now guys are starting to ask, and you want to give them that because they kind of deserve it, especially if you want guys to be with you uh, from start to end. Yeah. At the end of November, we did actually reach out to a couple of companies to look into the benefit program. The problem was is that we were just so busy that we couldn't fill out their questionnaires, and yeah. they were asking us. I'm like, I'll get to you. Just I got to finish the houses first, and it hasn't slowed down since. Yeah. So this year. We're going to look through probably two, three, four, five different companies and try to see what plans suit us best. It's good that you guys are thinking that, right? So then it just makes it attractive to all the employees to stay right. even longer and see the benefits behind everything. Right. Mm -hmm. I guess it's, it's part of the family. Yeah. That's what you're trying to create here, right? Yeah. And you want them to know that too as well. Very few guys uh, stumble upon a, a home construction company that offers benefits. You know, usually No, they're rare. It's rare. That's so. the thing about it. But, uh, I, I got to ask you guys, so you're not on the tools, but what tools were you on when you were on the tools? I was, uh, I would say, dominantly a tile setter. Oh, so you were okay. You you weren't even touching any. I, I was. I did a bit of everything. I, I loved framing. So what uh, saw did you have? Sure, you were a tile setter. You wanted it nice for, and straight for, for saws. I loved DeWalt saws. Well, uh, <laughs> no, no. In all fairness, yeah. DeWalt's new tile saw, yeah, is very impressive. E even yeah. my even my wood saw, my my DeWalt miter saws have been the best saws that I've had for trim carpentry. Yeah, you lost me at DeWalt miter yeah. saw. Yeah, <laughs> they, so comfortable, comfortable. I still have a DeWalt. And I couldn't get comfortable with it. We had a Makita. We have Milwaukee's. And when now we, we're we were young, we had rigids when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, we all had rigids trades. when yeah. we got started, yeah. Yeah, we only have vacuums now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I still have it. I'll give it to Milwaukee for, for the big... Uh, the packouts? The packouts. Pack I think everybody's that. got a packout. Yeah. We yeah. did a video. We I tossed the packout off the roof of the building. I ran it over with my truck. We beat the shit out of this thing. It didn't, didn't break? even chip. Wow. Yeah. My pack out stacked on three or four of them in the van. I forgot to tie it. Yeah. It made a, like it crushed the door, man. Right. Like I was just like, this is ridiculous, man. Yeah. Like you can't destroy that thing. And they're not as heavy as you think they would be no. for the beating they can take. No, that's no, good. Yeah. But uh, Milwaukee, yeah. They, they yeah. Whenever you say noise. Milwaukee, I think fires and burning and smoke. <laughs> I think I think plumbers. You hear Milwaukee. Plumbers, you think HVAC. Plumbers. That's yeah. what it is, right? <laughs> so what, what is your background, Games? So I started originally with my father. Uh, he did a little bit of everything, but he was mainly HVAC. But then I hooked up with the GC that he was working for. He pawned me off to them. So then I started with them framing, <laughs> drywalling, boardsmen. Probably the shortest boardsman you've ever seen. But... After I was at that GC for quite a while, he exposed me to a little bit of everything. I went to school for architecture, and then... Uh, Where? What school? I went to Humber. Okay. Yep, went to Humber, uh, did that program. It was fantastic, and then I was with him for probably three years after that, still on the tools, and then I joined up with another company who I was with for 10 years. Uh, it was all commercial, and I was just strictly started at the bottom with that company, estimating drawings, junior project manager, senior, and then when... I left that company last. I was controlling all of their U.S. division. It was going great, and then COVID hit. Yeah. COVID hit, and I couldn't go to the U.S. anymore. So I was working from home. Not my thing. Phil put out a posting looking for an actually an estimator originally. Estimation and project management, yeah. Yeah. So then I reached out to Phil, and then uh, the rest is history. So you've only been here how long? Since March. So the, not even uh, a year. Last year? Yep. Not even a year yet? Not even a year yet. Wow. 
Yeah. Good for you, man. But we got to give him credit. Quickly he, become one of the biggest staples. Yeah. Uh, he trusted me from the start. That was a big thing. Was Like you say, it's hard to give up control, but for whatever but reason. But that's the key. He trusted me. He gave up the control, and yeah. he, he backs you, too. That's the, yeah. the crucial part is that he knows how you work and your personality. So if someone says something, he, he'll treat you nice and, okay, no problem. But then he'll come talk to me like, what happened? What actually happened? <laughs> he actually wants to hear both sides of it and actually hears it out fully. Uh-huh. That's, you, that's you know you hired a good guy too when uh, when they start teaching you things right off the bat you know yeah just, that's it, important it just yeah. reminds me of a scenario you just brought up a scenario that i just had like a few years back on the phoenix job funny enough is um i didn't get along with the taper <laughs> oh we, we the one i warned you about yes yes the one oh, that you... i keep warning him about things so but like gotta... you guys said i tried to stack <laughs> trades because the client was on me about getting things done so i'm trying to stack trades so this guy's still taping there's four floors, including the basement, and I'm trying to get the tile setter in there to get going, right? We had a meeting. We discussed everything. Everybody was on board. The plan. One morning, for whatever reason, this taper, we'll keep his name, Mr. Smith, or whatever, <laughs> <For you. laughs> he started throwing the tile setter's tools. I get notified from the tile setter that so-and-so is throwing my tools. I'm going home. And I'm like, wait, hang on a sec, hang on a sec. So I go inside and I go, Mr. Smith, were you throwing his tools? He acknowledged that he was doing that. And I was like, don't do that. He's got to work in here. He's got to do it. And he goes, no, no, no. I own this whole floor. I own this whole floor, right? So all of a sudden he starts creating this whole drama situation and he starts freaking out. And then he's like, I'm going, I'm leaving, right? So I just text the client. I go, listen, Mr. Smith is going home. Client's freaking out now. He goes, I'm on my way. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm like, okay, whatever, right? So I said, listen, Tal said, you go home. I don't care. I don't want this tension on the job site. I don't care for this. I don't, I don't care for the parenting. Go back to parenting, right? Homeowner shows up. Taper's still there. He comes in and he starts chirping his version of the story, right? The homeowner wanted to be very political about this. He wanted to be fair. Everybody have a fair time and speak and exactly what happened, right? So we're all in this room, and I'm there quiet as a mouse. And the tile guy's there, and the taper's there, and the client's there, all four corners of the room, right? He starts sharing his version of the story, and I start laughing. And he just freaks out because I'm laughing, and he's just pointing in my face now. And I'm like, dude, is this guy going to get closer? There's going to be an issue at this point, right? (laughs) And I couldn't stop laughing, and I just said to the homeowner who liked me, I go, I'm sorry, sir. But that's all bullshit, what he just said. And that's why I'm <laughs> laughing, right? Ultimately, what happened was he went into his floor. Tile guy went into his floor. Nobody left and everybody done their job. But I got yelled at because I was laughing at a lie. You know what I'm saying? So it just it, it reminded me of like back and forth and that's yeah. it, right? So I'd rather laugh at the situation, diffuse it that way. I don't give a shit. I'd rather just take him in the back alley and give him a beating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the old school way. And <laughs> next claim is defendant. That's why Carlito no one's working with me anymore. <laughs> what a, it's amazing what a straight leg can do to someone. <laughs> oh, yeah. They just listen right away. <laughs> On that note, Green Book Talk. Oh, Green Book Talk. Okay, well, you guys are builders. Manny, you're a builder, so we should know about this. Want to be a parent? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out what the penalty or if the fee would be from this ministry for uh, not complying. Of. So, do we need hoarding when we're building a new home? Of course, we do. Always, yeah. And what would be the minimum fine? Dun dun dun. dun, dun Twenty five hundred. 
Whoa, That's hey. the number that I was thinking too. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to say 2,500. It's good if you don't know. This is Manny's Danny screwed right Five. up. <laughs> 550. 550, baby. <laughs> How but, can not putting hoarding 550? That but, makes no sense. But even more important is uh, just recently in London, if you move it, some hoarding fell on a lady, cost some 100 grand. So when you're putting your hoarding up, make sure it's very secure. <laughs> so anyways, 550 Hang if you don't sec. have hoarding around your uh, project. I thought the tree police puts the hoarding up. That's different hoarding. Yeah, tree protection. Yeah. Okay. That's there's no, oh, so you're just there's talking, no messing you're talking around about, with federal, man. You, okay, so you're just talking about regular site. Yeah, court. like if you have a, a new de- new development or a big renovation, you have to have hoarding in the 550, front. 550, really? Yeah, it's 550 start. If yeah. you don't have it. Yeah, but they'll give you a warning. I don't know anyone that's ever got it. It's, they've always got the warning yeah. and said, hey, man, go to Cooper or go to whoever else and go get some For rentals, we get away with fast fence. Fast but, fence, uh, I was just going to say, yeah. New fence. builds, they want four foot deep fence, six, yeah. seven feet high, actual pushover fence. Yeah, they so want it seven feet high. So yeah, a re, a real fence, or six or seven, yeah. Okay, or six. Or I thought it was six. Yeah. yeah. The last spec I got was a, a pretty real fence. But isn't it funny that how we'll put all that stuff up there, we'll lock it up, we'll have a lockbox. If some moron jumps over and gets hurt, we're liable. Still liable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's even more funny is the homeowners and everyone else doesn't appreciate how much we have to pay to keep their place safe. Yeah. And how much it costs us to carry these costs. Like, they just yep. think, when they see that $200,000, $300,000 reno, they don't realize there's so much money being pumped out. And for every month, you know, yep. you can rent a vacuum cleaner, you know, and you could pay 800 bucks a month for a vacuum cleaner. Is it even so worth having the, the conversation with clients about that to just let them know? Or it's just, it, it comes a different language to them. Typically, we have the conversation because I have it as a fee. I have a I have a section of my estimate called like general labor insurance liability uh, overall costs, and they always ask what it is because we sit here in this very boardroom and pick this thirty page estimate apart. I give them their hard copies. We look on the screen, and you know I just pretty much walk them through everything, what plumbing I've included, everything self explanatory. Every time we get to the general fee, they question it. They want to know exactly what it's for and what it covers. It's profit. Well, not even that, because we, we bury the profit on top of all the all the yeah, line items. Yeah. Uh, that's what the co-construct is, the beauty of that. But this actual fee, I calculate what it costs or what I think it's going to cost for all the bullshit times we have to go back to that site over the course of its four months, uh, how much times after, uh, little bits of insurance, if it comes out to 10 grand, 15 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand, whatever it is. That's the only line item they ever really pick apart. Everything else is. How do they question it? They just question what's the purpose of this? What's it doing? What's the purpose of it? What does it mean? What is it for? The second you explain it, no problem. Then they understand. It's it's hard to explain to a customer that you got to put four hundred and fifty dollars a month. That's crazy on their house for insurance. You want you want a, a, a proper supervisor, a point of contact there every day watching over everybody. If you want your house to have the care that it deserves. It's going to cost a truck of 407 and a, and a, a 40-year yeah. veteran daily yep. to, to make sure, not even to swing a hammer, but to make sure that your house is going to come the way you want it. And then for that to happen, and then for you to still call me at 10 p.m. and ask me why this is like that, why is that like that, don't worry about it. We got it. Do you spend a lot of time walking your houses? Yeah. Now, last year, I, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't get to all of them. So now, 56 homes, man. Yeah, it's, it takes a week to get to all of them. So did you start and finish 56 homes in the one year? Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you think we, it's really worth it? We're, we're doing we're doing touch ups right now. We have uh, some some green paint and like some back ordered items, a couple glass doors, whatever Got stuff. It. To go but still, though, that's yeah. quite the accomplishment, man. Yeah, yeah. Like but you, doing you and the team and the business should be very proud of that, man. We are, man. You Definitely. know, we had a good year, good Christmas party for all of them, and nice. we, we did our weekly barbecues because the guys put in a lot of hours this year. So from spring to fall, we had the barbecue going every Friday at five. It was good. It was a good barbecue. Uh, so you should have come in this cardio. year. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> I never went. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I always find it hard. You know, when I had thirty guys working for me, I found that I made the same amount of money with four guys right. that I did with thirty. Right. Um, but you're it, working with the four. I was always working. Even with the thirty, yeah, okay. it didn't matter. I was always, I was always picking apart the guys. Me and my partner at the time, uh, we played good guy, bad guy. I was the good guy; he was the bad guy. So, you know, I would get in involved, get to know who they are, mm-hmm. win their trust over, and then when I found out if they were trustable, then they would stay. Mm-hmm. And if I felt that they needed to be repaired, yeah, if they could be, my partner would deal with that. Good to tune them up. A yeah, little, yeah. I got to look up the word trustable. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I, I, I'll tell you, 20 years ago, I used to have guys a that word. would, so I'd have 10 guys in a house, and, you know, I'd have to screw off to another house to go quote it, then screw off to another house, go quote it. You know, I'd get a phone call and say, hey, uh, you know, those five guys you just picked up, I think you should turn around because those guys put a couple of bottle of wines Uh-oh. by the garbage. Mm-hmm. So I had good guys in the company that I trusted. Mm-hmm. And there was other guys that when I spoke to them, my gut instinct said they were great guys, uh, but they weren't. So right. I started having to be very careful because back then we didn't have cameras. We didn't have the technology we have now. You know, I slowly lost trust in people. Mm-hmm. So people are always like, oh, well, yeah, I was talking like that. And I'm like, well, it, you know, people put it on themselves. Right. So I have a, a trust issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple that when you have five guys working and they're doing such great work, and they come to work every day. They're early. They're never late. Something's missing out of every house, and customers are complaining. I just want to make people aware that of course it's hard to trust people. Really, yes. I got to be honest, guys. Like Games and Phil, um, you guys are making it attractive. Like you're making it. Speaking to you now on the show, very, very attractive to go in this route because mm-hmm. it's that's the biggest dilemma, I guess, for any contractor that's trying to build the business we all know we all accept that there's a plateau that there's a ceiling that it gets to a certain point where you got to try to figure out how do i get how do i break through that that's right and the question is you know do i just get more and more jobs and more and more jobs but that's not that's not the solution and then you've got 15 or so employees going on there and that's attractive now mm-hmm. and you not be on the tools and you focusing on the pencil and working with the clients and figuring out the jobs and then just keep feeding the machine let the crew do what they're supposed to do. It's risky. Yeah. Yeah. And you challenging, even, though. You almost have to do it all at once. You can't take the work without the guys in the trucks. You got to buy the trucks. You got to hire the guys. Then you have to get the work. How is it that you're staying successful, though? Like, what is that math? Like, this doesn't work for everybody. This is like that one percenter, you know? Consistency, I, I find, is good. Um, I'm hungry and humble. You know, it's it's important to, uh, to recognize the growth and where you want to go, but also not let it consume you. You gotta always stay hungry. You guys heard that term. The wolf at the top is is always full. You can't let it get to that because that's mm-hmm. the second you fall down because there's gonna be somebody hungrier. So always, what once you find the niche that you're actually comfortable in, like I'd say that at this level we're comfortable. We can probably even let a few go, and work with more quality homes, quality clients, but still at a, high, a, a fast pace. 
that's when you can start perfecting your craft a little more. But the, from what I've learned last year, you, we could take to 150 houses, 200 houses, doesn't matter. We can triple everything, but you'll really lose track of that quality at that point. Well, like last night, I was doing some late night mudding. Uh, one of my buddies, he's a, an upcoming uh, homeowner, uh, home builder, mm-hmm. sorry. And I was listening to them talking, and uh, wow, I just had a brain fart. That's, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Or was I just going with that? I don't know. So, Phil, I'll leave that alone while he tries to fish (laughs) that one out of the Croatian Lake. Um, Just um, what are your plans for for this year now? I mean, you achieved such a massive goal last year. I guess everybody on the crew and everybody in the business is thinking, okay, so what's going on for this year? This year I want to do the exact same thing except with with no hiccups. So we're just trying to perfect our end of everything. Lessons (laughs) learned. Everything we've learned uh, last year. And we're, we're looking to maybe, you know, acquire a bigger place, a, a building, get a couple more offices, get architectural staff on board and kind of do everything in-house. So this it makes sense. Be a it it, it shop. totally makes sense to do that. Yeah. OK, so. I found my fart. Good. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you guys have been talking about homes the whole time. No commercial work. Very minimal. Aside from Phil's background. I have never had any experience with commercial prior to uh, a couple private small commercial jobs I've done for some friends. We did uh, two hair salons and a small restaurant, which all turned out fantastic. But uh, anything on the large scale, I haven't had any experience with. And I know that can be a whole different beast. So we haven't uh, delved into that yet. Happy to see you guys succeeding in the homes because all the guys right now that are closer to my age group, like 40, 50, Mm -hmm. they're all sick and tired of of dealing with homeowners right. and home renovations. It's they fantastic that you guys got a great taste. They're all commercial. Mm-hmm. They're lob- like they're like big department stores and stuff. They're but that's their niche. Yeah. That's where they found they make money. That's where their guys are, right? It's essentially headache free, right? Yeah. You well but it's fantastic to hear that you guys are enjoying building homes. Well, like I think the key to this whole thing is you got to figure out what weakens you as a person and be proactive about it. If it's clients, most contractors and clients always you're going to have an issue you got to be proactive about that and figure out how can we get the clients uh, to understand that we're the boss and not them i don't care if you're paying me we're in charge here this is my job say this is my project and i know what i'm doing this is where you need to stay while this happens once you figure that out then you can you can learn how to grow because that's a massive stress off your head yeah and it created a lot of stress for me last year as well uh, especially with the windows but everything sounds like that was a big problem big problem yeah. Big problem. Set a lot of setbacks just from one factor. You can do everything right, but one guy can fuck you. Yeah, yeah. That's all it takes. It's just yeah. the one guy. Yeah. Who's making final decisions with your clientele? Is it always a female over the male? I I would say so. Who's making most of the changes, fa- male or female? You know what? I, I I find the males like to talk to me a lot more, but okay. uh, the decisions are always made by by the woman. Okay. The males will be dominant in the conversations, and I want this and that and blah blah blah. blah, blah. But in the end of the day, all the questions get diverted to her, and she'll make the uh, the final decision. Uh, how about something fun? Uh, what are you guys' favorite vehicles in construction? Favorite vehicles in construction? Yeah. Didn't you see them outside? Yeah, I'm a Ram guy. <laughs> hey, doesn't doesn't mean what you see outside is your favorite vehicle. Yeah. It means it's the it's most true. intelligent move for the company. Yeah. So we have uh, Savannahs and. Um, <laughs> yeah, trucks. baby. Yeah. <laughs> love, love the Savannah. Savannah for the tile, paint, and quality control, and our general pickup van is Real an extended. Real contractors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
few savannas. I got nothing against your safari. Like, I don't understand you, why you're bringing that up, It's a safari. It's, it's a express. safari, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, are, we're acquiring a, a high a high roof uh, Prolmaster this year. So. Uh, there you go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your favorite trades? You got to have a favorite trade. Obviously, tile. you're probably going to say tiles. Tile. But that doesn't mean, like, I've been laying tiles for 30 years. I fucking hate tiles, but I keep getting them. <laughs> you know? I love Even though it's becoming fun and it's so changing large format. who's your favorite format. trade? Out of concrete, all the trades man. on the site, who's your favorite? I fucking fa- love they concrete. They all make you sick. Concrete? I fucking love concrete. I'm Croatian, concrete, bro. Concrete, Everything's concrete. Okay. Concrete. If a grenade can't go through it, it passes in the Croatian book. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, per- personally, I like uh, I like framing. Yeah, yeah. Framing, there's there's an art. Something trait. about framing is just like good framing team. Yeah, there's something about it. It's impressive every yeah. time. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many times I see them work, I love it. But it's cringeworthy when you see a team or even a guy just do shit. Like yeah. it just it's cringe. You're like, oh, it's such a disappointment, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't do enough research about you guys. Yeah. Um, I just heard from Manny and a whole bunch of people that love your guys' company names. Um, when's the houses coming that you're going to be building for uh, yourself this, this year? Yeah, it's yeah. got to be coming. Yeah. yeah, nothing's uh, nothing set in stone yet, but this year is the goal. We Good have a few things. That'll be a difficult burner. project for all the guys. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be like new level. Kind that's of. that's going to be our learning curve. Eventually, get into only custom builds. Maybe steer a little bit away from the rentals. I don't want to go completely away from them because I do like them. They, it's what built us, and it's it's where the passion lies. Mm-hmm. But building construction. I think is probably our future and the the way we want to orient this company. Well, you're so tuned so well. I just really see you as a developer. Yeah. And uh, we need better developers out there. You want to get into that? That's that's the route, yeah. Really? No, no, no. Okay. Custom. Custom. uh, We want to build and sell heavy-duty homes. Okay. Yeah. So our our brand, our home, it's for sale. And we'll have plans available, and we're only going to build certain lots in certain areas, whatever we buy and build. So what are clients asking from you guys? Like, what are they always, you got your 56 homes, I mean. What are you known for? I would probably say feature walls and, and, and speed. But I guess the majority of it, I guess with the, with the rentals, they were coming in, remove the center column, the wall. Yeah, everything's very tip, like Open. Everything's typical for us. It's always an open concept. It's always 4K LED pot lights throughout, uh, staircases, all walls down, bathrooms extended, his and hers closets. We have a way to build. Everybody's got their kind of signature look, I would yeah. say, until we hired Stephanie last year. Stephanie's our, our designer who works upstairs. That's when our jobs started looking a little bit different because now we have a whole different aspect uh, to how things should even be laid out. So she gives a lot of great input as well as uh, Camelia here. She's a stager. So now she's also my assistant. She comes with me to these consultations when I walk these homes and gives input as to how furniture should be laid out after, how you're going to live and function in this home as well as it looking good. So the layout with the homeowner with the homeowner there at the consult. So this is the first meeting. They're getting me. They're getting a stager, and we're kind of working together to lay this out so I can develop a proper estimate. Uh, so from that point, is how we've kind of changed the way we do things last year, and now this year is really seeing the benefit of that. Clients are loving it. Not only do they look good, but they serve a ton of function because two women are seeing these homes in the pregame before we do yeah, anything. That's valuable. It's very yeah. valuable. You can see what's going on there. Customers must love and, it. And the wives love them, you know. They love hearing that female perspective. and uh, Men hate it. Men hate it, but you know <laughs> I what? wouldn't say men Oh, because they it. just say, cha-ching, cha-ching, sure, sure. cha-ching. <laughs> yeah. But both both girls are very personable, you know. Everybody likes dealing with them, and it's, it's a big help. At the end of the day, you're either going to spend 
400 grand. This is exactly what I tell everybody. Don't waste 400 to save 100,000. Spend the 500,000. You know, do it your way. Do this once. And it is what it is. Otherwise, just waste the money. So when we give you our input, it's the best. It's it's with our experience and it's with everybody we've dealt with and talked about. If we've done 150 homes, I don't care. Uh, you know, that's we'll we'll take everybody's opinion, but yeah. this is really how it should work. Yeah. You know, clients tend to want to push their their taste and their their information and what they think should be done on you. It doesn't really work like I'm that. I'm getting the sense that out of 56 homes, you're getting a lot of clients who are sending your way a Pinterest board or sending your way a Pinterest board. Pinterest boards, yeah. yeah. Designers get those a lot. They stopped giving them to me now because we've delegated it off. But Yeah, Stephanie's I, on them all the time. All the time. Why are you laughing, Carl? Are you, you on know? Pinterest? Uh, I think you look at it the most. I, yeah, I don't look at it the most. You're just scrolling, man. <laughs> I just, I hate the word. I just can't stand the Me word, too. and I just don't understand yeah, why. Yeah, you like original pieces. You're like an yeah. artist. You I'm know? just saying, like, like it's kids. just like, I don't know what it is. It's just Pinterest is useless, in my opinion. Yeah. I like Sorry. it. Yeah. You like it? It's given me many ideas. I, I hate the word inspo because I think it's fake inspo. All this inspiration they're getting and sending us. Inspo? Inspo, like inspiration. That's an actual word, inspo? Now it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I gotta look up trustable and inspo. You, you hate millennials like, what's going more on here? every day. Eh? Inspo. Are you telling clients are actually saying inspo? Inspo. Mm-hmm. I would smack somebody. I, I love it. That I'm gonna it. send you a couple inspo photos. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. You need some inspo, bro. Uh, <laughs> and I would just return back and I go, you need some creativity is what uh, you need. I am curious to hear uh, your feature walls. Is that like wainscoting, uh, full finishes, wallpaper? Or like what's the new L- thing? A little bit of everything. We, we like doing the slat walls, the tile walls. It's mainly, you know, you do something nice in the family room. Area that's going to be kind of directly reflecting the kitchen where everybody kind of co- congregates and hangs out. We put all our thought and efforts into the millwork and, and what materials are selected. Everybody always brings up our feature walls from our Instagram summer. Nice. I want a wall like this. I want a wall like that. You know, it's that's that's probably our signature. A lot of guys will do a whole renovation in the family room. will have a TV on drywall. Why'd you do that rental? You know, you added all this character to this home, and there's nothing in the area where they spend the most time. <laughs> well, you're... I'm not disagreeing with you, Phil. Honestly, I'm not. I just don't get it. Sometimes, uh, because I think maybe most clients spent all their money in the kitchen and their master bath. Right. And they just wanted those red knobs and that was it, right? That's right. So (laughs) it's just all of a sudden they come to the TV room. Honey, uh, we can't do any kind of inspo wall here. Like, you know what I mean? So (laughs) it's just going to be the TV is what it's going to be. Yeah. But then later on, when you're spending more time in the family room and events and holidays and you're realizing wait we should have actually done more in this family room because we're going to spend more time and effort in here instead of into these other rooms Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's just me why are you looking at me like that for man it's one of those days you're making me laugh yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're talking to phil and games here at heavy duty homes www.heavydutyhomes.com heavy at heavydutyhomes.com and on instagram heavy duty homes inc you guys ready for the 12 questions of construction? Yes. What's up? There's sign language going on. <laughs> Let's do them. I, you, I, I even wrote a couple answers. Oh, 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 he's cheating. Someone prepared. Well, because we the thing him. is, I've shared these wow. online, so a lot of them know the but questions. But I've never seen them. anyone prepared. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. did you prepare? No. No. <laughs> So, okay, let's no, see but what, you're the first person I've seen prepared. Let's that go. shows me a lot about your builds. Why don't you take a note? <laughs> I do all the time. No, about being prepared. I've been taking notes about you. A podcast. <laughs> Phil, games, games. What is your favorite construction word? My 
favorite construction word? Heavy duty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite word right there. Yeah. That's mine. Um, Mine's heavy. Yeah. Heavy. Uh, mine would be complete because I'm always on the schedule. So when I call someone, is this wow. complete? Yes. Fantastic. I can move on to my next task. What is your least favorite word? Delay. Because <laughs> that yeah. affects my Spoken job. Spoken like a project manager. Right? <laughs> I don't no, know. Good delays. project manager yeah. cares. Yes. <laughs> Phil? Can't. Yeah. yeah, I hate can't. You got to be in martial arts. Yeah. That yeah. word's not allowed in martial arts. It's always turning into the Carlito's life. What turns you on in construction? The before and afters. That's why for me, I still love rentals because I love looking. A lot of the houses we do, they're from the early 70s, early 80s. People have owned these homes for 20 plus years and they're just now renovating them. And seeing them go from the 3K yellow and all the dark browns <laughs> to now the bright whites and all the clean lines. and the Ripping modern. out that three inch colonial base finger joint. <laughs> yeah. I friggin' hate that fucking thing, man. Uh, Phil? Uh, I love it when clients just hand us the ropes. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Wow. Far and few. Yeah, rare. very few. Rare, but it's it's one of the best things you can you can move forward on a project with. That's a client that you make a friend. Yeah, and I, I find it's typically clients that have had experience in the past with poor contractors. Yes. Yeah, we'll say we already know who you guys are. You're the fucking best. You're uh, a great negotiator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I just got an email today for uh, from a past client to, about they're like, listen, everything you haven't renovated, we're going to renovate now, and here's the architect and. It was just a glowing review. Yeah. That's all it is. It Fantastic. was just nice to read that after the bullshit that I read about someone calling me, I'm a wannabe tradesman. The other advantage <laughs> to people giving us the ropes is that when Phil goes into the house, if you give him the ropes and he sees something like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to make all this crown molding backlit. I'm going to do it because it's my choice. Nice. Mm. Customer asks for it. It's like, mm, okay, we're going to talk about it. But if you give someone the ropes and he wants to add it, he can't come to you. He's no. just going to do it. Well, there's something to be said about that. The best gift you can give somebody is something that they want, but they won't buy for themselves. Mm. So you're doing something that they always wanted, but they just needed someone to give it to them. That's right. Yeah, Amazing. What turns you off, gentlemen, in construction? Many. <laughs> <laughs> I think the stigmatism that we have. Because even for us, now with this new policy of the 30% deposit so that we can order all your materials. Brilliant, by the way. It's yeah, it's really good. There are some people, when you say that, they're like, whoa, hang on. I got to give you how much up front? And you're not even going to start my house for two more months? And it's you try to explain and educate them, this is why. And after we educate them, it's great. But that initial reaction is the same as we talked about before. No, no, I've had a bad experience. I can't do that. I can't give you that much. With money. lead times that are 16 to 20 weeks now? Exactly. Phil? Incompetence. Incompetent workers, incompetent trades, incompetent suppliers. Just incompetence across the board. Is that the same thing as common sense? Or is that like... I guess so, yeah. Yeah, but it's hard to... Like, you think it's common sense, and then you start thinking... Is that... Like, that could be bad attitudes, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Gentlemen, what is your favorite curse word? Could be a phrase. Could be in any language. <laughs> For it could be African sakes. sounds or... Uh, yeah. Or something whoa, like that. Whoa, whoa, dude. <laughs> what? You're crossing all the lines. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain Africans, okay? I don't understand that. It doesn't matter, okay? We have listeners in Africa. They understand that. I may be cursed at them right now. I don't know. <laughs> Voodoo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm a pretty classic guy. I think my typical is just a giant fucker for fuck's sake. So I walk out of the room. Yeah. I'm a, a pretty classic. Yeah, that's, it's definitely that's the phrase here at Heavy Duty Homes. It's ah uh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is your favorite vehicle, gentlemen? Anything in the world does not have to be construction related. 1965 Lincoln Continental. 1965. Extremely long, flat, black. square line. Yeah. All black. black. All black. Black yeah. everything. A gangster mobile. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Dude, entourage. What's wrong with you, man? Yeah. I'm Suicide just wondering doors. if this guy's got low rider in his car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil? Uh, Harley Davidson 06 Street Glide. Yeah. <laughs> Least favorite vehicle? Prius. <laughs> yeah. Anything Toyota. Yeah. You know. I'm so happy that Hugo never gets involved. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been expressed once. Once. What construction sound or noise do you guys love? Miter saws. Brad Nailers. Brad Nailers. What construction sound or noise do you guys hate? <laughs> That's a hard one because I actually I truly enjoy them all. Uh, it's, it gets you get older. Certain screechy you sounds. You hate quiet. That's what you hate. Hey, to, <laughs> yeah. to my defense, I am 75% deaf. <laughs> what? Yeah. I've got only 25% in my right ear. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty screwed up too, man. For me, it's uh, it's the cell phone. Yeah. The, the ringing phone. My phone goes off and nothing boils my blood more. Yeah. Get into it. One day old, brand new iPhone could be in the wall in pieces. Changes the ringtone about every six weeks to try yeah. to make it a bit better. <laughs> What profession other than your own would you guys like to attempt? I'd be a pro boxer. Wow. Boxer. Yeah. Games? Probably a pilot. Pilot? Yeah. I've had a few pilots lately. Yeah, I like to travel, so I think it would be a great gig. Get to travel somewhere for free, spend a few days there. Wrapped packages of something in the back there? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? You know You know that's like really like 40 hours you could be flying. Yeah, it's a little scary. Are you talking about yeah. the packages? That too, yeah. <laughs> what profession, gentlemen, would you guys not like to do ever? I'd say I hate to be a waiter. I think right now I'd hate to be a doctor. <laughs> right now? Yeah. yeah. Be terrible. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Phil, <laughs> we have unlimited steak. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Gentlemen, this has been a pleasure, man. So Thanks glad that we connected and then finally got this on the books because yes. we know that the year is going to start off heavy. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of work going on here. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with you guys, man. Thank yeah. you. The Thank shop you. is Thank amazing. You. Thank you. From the toys to the features well, the every, business. on every the wall. Business. Yeah. It just shows so much love in here. You know what I mean? Thank so you. I could just, I, I want to come by and visit. Thank you. Hopefully, you guys without are welcome Manny, of course. Time. <laughs> you guys are coming to the barbecues this year Oh man, I will I don't know about him <laughs> Everybody check them out It's www.heavydutyhomes.com Heavy at heavydutyhomes.com And on IG it's Heavy Duty Homes Inc Phil and Phil Games Thank you very much Really appreciate it for thank being on the guys. show man. Thank you guys as well And I think Carlito <laughs> We started with reggae And then we're going to end with beatbox It's been a good show once again, thank you for everybody listening to the show and making the show what it is. We really appreciate it. 
for all you haters out there, fuck you. I don't give a shit about you motherfuckers. <laughs> and you guys want to call me names? You. Go fuck yourselves, okay? That's a this is the construction fuck life. You. And we are contractors and we have <laughs> skills and we care and we're passionate. And it doesn't fucking matter what you think we are. I don't give a shit. I don't care. 416 TL, baby. Shaba. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.